Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. You can be seated. Oh, a remnant from the last series is still laying up here, y'all. The rattle. Huh, we, we, we make it hell rattle today, but that's a warning. We're moving from snake bitten into a brand new series today because you hear this term, social distancing, social distancing. You can't get away from the term and I'm not coming against the term. You know, I say this all the time and I'm, I'm going probably a couple of different times in this message today, make disclaimers, but I'm just about to the point where I'm tired of making a disclaimer every time I speak something of faith where I gotta make sure I say, oh, but now don't think that I mean this, this, and this. You should know my character. You You should know my integrity. You should know my heart. So I'm gonna say a couple of things as a disclaimer, and then I ain't gonna worry about it. Is that okay? So here's my first disclaimer. I'm not saying social distancing is a bad thing. I'm not saying that being six feet apart is a a bad thing necessarily. But I'm gonna tell you something. If you're not careful, it can become that. And that's why I want you to know that social distancing has really become a social disconnect. Disconnect. Instead of distancing, it's become a disconnect. So I want to do something. I, I know some preachers, you know, have certain ways that they get ready for a sermon. They have people stand for the reading of the word. I'm not being critical. And some pray at the beginning of every, of every message. I'm usually one that gets right into it. But I just feel like before I go into this series, I need my church to pray for me. I need you to cover me because I, I know, I feel a sense of attack that is going to come, not just while I'm preaching, but an attack that's going to come from some of the things that I'm going to say say, would you stretch your hands this way towards your pastor right now and as I pray, and you pray in your own way for your pastor. Father, I thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would anoint me today as I preach your word. Father, I pray that, God, I would speak only the things that your Holy Spirit would have me to speak and not things that my flesh would have to speak. God, give me wisdom, but give me faith, God. Let me preach as a faith man of God. Let me preach as a pastor who is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Father, we cover not just myself, but this entire congregation. In the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus over us. We claim that we will walk by faith and not by fear, that we will be a light in the midst of darkness. We will be salt and light in this time. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. This new term, they tell you, make sure to have proper social distancing. But the distancing, the distance has caused a disconnect. And I want to tell you something. One of the things that I see and one of the things that, that uh, if, you, if, you, if you watch TV at all or, or if you're on social media at all, like, like Bishop, I'm the same way. I've just about decided to turn the whole thing off and, and just turn back into the Word of God. You know, the old time, you know, I call them, they're not old time preachers, but I've heard this saying for a while now since Facebook is out, uh, been out. They say maybe you need to get off Facebook and get your face back in the book. Praise God. Maybe that would help you. But, but here, here, here's something that I see this term 
is coming up every time I turn around. I'm seeing a hashtag, Lance, that is, that is trending. And this is the hashtag that is trending. Hashtag alone together. Now, now, I'm going to say it again. How many has heard that term? Wave your hand if you heard that term. Hashtag alone together. Now, I understand and I respect the sentiment. I respect what they're saying. But do not, church, be blind to what is happening. You cannot be together alone. You're not hearing me, church. I wish I had a church that would help me preach. I'm gonna tell you something. I understand the sentiment, but it's impossible. I know what they're trying to accomplish, and I respect that. Trying to say, look, uh, you can stay at home and still connect with grandma on, on, on FaceTime. You can stay at home and still connect with so-and-so and your friends or your, or your work from home and all of this. So let's all come together, alone together. But I'm going to tell you something. If you go to alonetogether.com and you read the movement of alone together, you will see, just like many other things that are happening, there is an agenda behind alone together. You will see almost like a bylaw of what alone together stands for and one of the things that it stands for at the end, of course, is what we see happening over and over again. It is an attack against the family. It basically comes out and says, we are attempting to redefine the family. Are y'all hearing me? I wish I had a church that was on a Sunday morning gonna help their pastor this morning. You told me you was gonna help me. Much as I love this jacket, I gotta come out of it. This is gonna be a good winter jacket. I can tell you that. Thank you for that jacket, Bishop. What a blessing. My wife's got one just like it. We're gonna be styling and profiling together. Let me tell you something. This is not a conspiracy theory, what I'm about to say to you. But you need to know this, children of God. There is a war going on in the unseen world. It has always been going on. It's been going on for centuries. It's been going on for eons. It's been going on since the Garden of Eden. At times, this war is obvious. But at times, the devil is cunning and he will slide back into the shadows. But the war doesn't stop. It's just hidden and it is veiled. Are y'all hearing me? It's always been there. And for a long time, oh, can I just preach a little bit? The church has been strong enough to cause the hidden warfare agenda to stay under wraps and to not expose itself. But isn't it amazing how the devil don't even try to hide anymore? There is no hidden agenda. In fact, every commercial you see you'll see looks totally different than commercials you've seen just a few years ago when it comes to family. I ain't gotta break it down for you, do I? Come on, can I say it, amen? They don't even hide it anymore. I'm telling you, and I'm not even just talking about a, a, a gay agenda or this kind of agenda. I'm talking about an anti-God agenda. What you haven't heard about on the news is just last week we know of at least eight churches that were burned. 
all over America, statues of Jesus are being beheaded. They're leaving the statues, but they're knocking the head off. Let me tell you something. When you remove the head of anything, you are removing authority. They are making a statement. We do not submit to the authority of your God. They're not hiding anymore. But this war is not new. Oh, y'all can't handle what I'm about to say. Y'all can't handle what I'm about to say. This is not something new. People think when you read about end times and you hear about a great falling away, people think the, the devil just decides at the end time to get meaner. He ain't no meaner than he's ever been. Jesus made it very clear. How many, how many knows this? If he was ever gonna be his most evil, he would have been his most evil when he was facing Jesus. Not us, because we ain't Jesus. In fact, he don't even have to personally deal with 99% of us. He just sends his weakest little demon to deal with most of us. Jesus said the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's always been his agenda. The difference now is not that the devil has changed. The church has changed. Huh? We made a decision to allow things not just in our culture, but in the church. Oh, I remember Pastor Rod. That's back in your day when you were sitting on the keyboard talking back to him. I remember him saying this statement, and I've said it a thousand times, and so many times people think I came up with it now, but I'm just going to go ahead and give Rod credit again. You know, the church has become so worldly, and the world has become so churchy, you can't tell the two apart. I remember him saying that. That was in the 90s. How many of those lots changed since the 90s? Now, I'm not anti-health advice. Here's one of them disclaimers. I'm not anti-safety precautions. I understand, and I want to make it emphatically clear. COVID-19 is not a hoax. It's not a hoax. It's a very real, very dangerous virus. It is making people sick. It has resulted in the death of many people. Although, I'll probably get banned from Facebook of saying this, I personally know people who have had deaths in their families that their family members were listed as COVID-19 death and they did not have COVID-19. So not everybody that's called death, dead by COVID-19 actually had it. That is a fact. These are not stories I read on Facebook. These are people that I know, Bishop. But it should be taken seriously. All measures, just as Bishop said, safety measures need to be followed as you feel. But I gotta say a few things as your pastor. Here we go. We are being taught that the new norm, because of this alone together thing, the new norm is this. Find a way to get to be together while remaining alone. This, that, when you sum it up, here's the new normal. To find a way to be together in your mind, but in the physical realm, remain alone. So I thank God for social media, but it has never brought us together. In fact, the term social is a term that is used in community, that is used in relationships, but social media, and I think it was a plot of the devil to even call it social media because it somehow tricked us that we were being social. But I'm gonna tell you something, we have an entire generation that don't even know how to talk to people. We don't even know how to have a conversation. 
Listen, young people. Back in my day, when you wanted to meet a girl, you actually had to walk up to her and talk to her. Huh? You didn't tap each other's phones and QR code to contacts for each other. You had to have some pretty smooth lines to get her digits. Can I get an amen? Huh? I mean, back in the day, we had some lines. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm gonna be real with you. I was, I was pretty awesome at some lines, y'all. I had some lines, y'all. I could play some lines. In fact, I was pretty known in my, in my school for being smooth. Here's how I know I was. And here's how I know that God put me with this smoking hot blonde on the front row. When she finally agreed to talk to me, I'll never forget it. I looked at it one time and, you know, and I just sort of put my hand on, this is very, very early in us locking each other, and I just sort of barely brushed her, her hair, and I said, you know what, when I, when I look into your eyes, I, I, this is what I said, this is what I, I said, when I look into your eyes, it, it reminds me of a pool of water. And I'll never forget, she said, stop. <laughs> she showed in, she said, stop. She said, I was wondering when this was coming. All my girlfriends told me about you. I know all about your lines. Ain't that what she said? She said, she goes, and they ain't gonna work with me. But what that did was, Bishop, that caused me to say, oh, okay, a challenge. Come, come on. That's right. From a player to a preacher. So I thank God for social media, but it's changed the way we think what social interaction actually is. We now sit in a house and text each other in the house. Which one? What are you talking about? Oh, will you turn the dryer on, please? Will you turn the dryer on, please? If I had a dollar for every time I got the text, will you turn the dryer on, please? That's actually code for something else, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Woo! This message is not political. It is not an agenda-driven message. This is a kingdom message spoken by a kingdom man of God. Are you hearing me? I am your pastor. I am your spiritual father in your life. And I told you a few weeks ago, you need to decide if I am. I'm not speaking to those who are watching online due to underlining and pre-existing conditions that make you more susceptible to the effects of the virus. You are using wisdom. I love you, and I can't wait to see you. I want you to know I mean that. That ain't just something I read. I wanted to make sure you heard me say that. There are so many scriptures that support not alone together, but together together. Everybody say hashtag, hashtag. Together, together together. I want to start out by reading Matthew 18, 20. Listen to this. For where two or three are gathered together in what name? My name. I am there in the midst of them. Now, I know God is everywhere. He's talking about his anointing. He's talking about his favor. He's talking about miraculous anointing. So he's everywhere, but his anointing comes not just when two or three get together, but when they get together, what? 
in his name. There's people getting together all over the place, but I'm not talking about a get together. I'm talking about together, together in his name. We are gathered together, not in the name of Larry Ragland or even Solid Rock Church today. We are gathered to, together today in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. Come on, are you hearing me? That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue. Oh, Greatest honor in my life is to preach to Bishop Clinton Kendall Brown. I just want you to know that. I mean, it's an honor. It's an honor. Yeah, let me tell you, so you know you're gathered in his name when God will call somebody to call somebody to get on a plane and come all the way up here with not even an invitation to preach because he wanted to go somewhere where they were still gathering in his name. Come on, somebody. He wanted to go somewhere. He didn't want to just go to a church service. He said, let's go to Solid Rock Church because I know they are gathered together in his name. I wish I had a church. We are gathered together in his name today. He has a purpose in this gathering. It is important to him that we gather. It was his idea. The church gathering was his idea. He's the one that told them, go to Jerusalem, get together the same place, and don't move till I tell you the next step. The Holy Ghost fell when they gathered together. There is a movement in this world and even in the church right now that is very dangerous. And I'm gonna tell you something, it's, in, it's more dangerous because it's made its way into the church. And I can't even believe that I'm saying this. But in 2020, I gotta say this. The church has become anti-church. I understand the premise of what I'm about to say. It went in disclaimers again because if I don't say this, y'all tear me up on social media. I'm about sick of hearing this statement and what you're worried about. The church is not a building. The church is us. The church has left the building. Hashtag the church has left the building. <laughs> That's how I feel about that because I know what you're saying is true, but what you're really saying is not that. You're not really saying what you're trying to make me think you're saying. You're coming against an idea that it's still important for us to gather together in a place. I know, I'm not stupid. I've been doing this thing for 30 years. I know that, no, you're not, that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I know that we are the church that are supposed to go. But I also know that we come together and the gifts of Jesus, the fivefold ministry gifts, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You can't be the church out there if you don't know how to be the church. There has never been, there has never been an attack against the church from within the church like now. But just understand this. The world, and I'll break it down and say the devil, is quietly, this is the only part that's quiet because he's not trying to let you know that he's the devil, but it is an underlying part of this spiritual warfare he is building, and this, this hurts me to say it, a coalition. The devil is actively building a coalition with pastors. Yeah. 
a coalition with pastors to where I don't, I don't worry about any of it, but if I worried about any of it, I'm not worried about church folk coming against me having service. But pastors are the ones that like to lay them little shuttle innuendo statements. Trying to insinuate that I don't love you and I don't care about you. Well, I feel like it might help if I talk like this, if I walk like this, if I had to hold myself up on the pulpit cause it looked like I was about to fall out and all of a sudden felt like somebody stepped on my toe. Oh, can I just be me? Can I just be me? Here's part of the coalition. Never in my life would I dreamed I would have heard. You can meet, but you can't sing. Bishop, am I making this up? This is real, right? This is, governors are saying, banning singing in church. Now y'all can get together, but you can't sing. Huh? That's like me telling, somebody telling me, you can live with your wife, but you, uh, you can't, <clears throat> You can't, uh, you can't, uh, you can't turn the tire off. Y'all, I'm a dead man, y'all. I'm telling you right now, if y'all want to see the looks I'm getting right now, I'm a dead man walking. They say no singing in church, no communion in church, no baptism in church. Well, what is left? If the people can't gather, if we can't sing, if we can't baptize, if we can't do this in remembrance of him, if we can't be baptized in his name, if we can't sing in his name, what is left? We're a country club. Somebody shout preach, preacher. The word together comes from two words, to gather. That's where we get the word together, to gather. Oh, I gotta hurry, y'all. Simple, huh? But we've made it difficult. See, you have to, to gather to be together. Oh, you didn't get that. You have to gather to be together. What are some of the reasons we're supposed to be gathered? We are, we are to be together, to be equipped, as I said in Ephesians chapter four, but it's more than that. I believe it takes relationships to be all that God has called us to be. Relationships are another thing that is being redefined. They're redefining relationships, but we can't exist without relationships. I can't be who God has called me to be without other people in my life. You can't be who God has called you to be without those other people in your life. We are created to be in relationships. Nowadays, some relationships are entirely digital. I mean, some people are falling in love with people and they've never met them in person and they call themselves dating. Because every night when they get off from work, they, they talk online for five hours and fall asleep on the computer. Well, the truth is, I hate to tell y'all, but some of them that you think is this beautiful woman may be some dude. Huh? Sitting in his mama's basement. 
Huh? You probably don't want to meet her. You will never achieve all that God wants you to do without the right people in your life. You may say, I have God and that's all I need. But study scripture and you'll find out that God uses people to accomplish his will in your life and others. Do you believe that Jesus still heals the sick? But wait a minute. He said, you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Jesus still heals the sick, but he tells people to lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. My God, wait a minute. Do you believe God can bless you financially? But wait a minute, the Bible says give and it shall be given, pressed down, good measure, shaken together, running over. Shall men give back to you? You're blessed by the hands of others. So you, you can't be who you're supposed to be on an island by yourself because you can't get the blessings of God because God brings the blessings to you through relationships. So do you understand the subtle attack here? If God, if, if, excuse me, if the devil can redefine and therefore eliminate the need or the thought of the need of a relationship, then he has created a barrier to the blessings of God. He has, he has created, in many senses, a barrier to your healing because you may need the elders to come and anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith, but they ain't gonna come to your house because you don't want nobody in your house. It's going to be hard for the elders to pour oil through a screen. Is this good preaching? It's 11.17 if you're taking medicine. You got to take that pill so you'll be good. God uses the family of God to pour into us, to pull out his will in us. I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation, guys, in the back back there, if you don't know this. These two scriptures from the New Living Translation. Watch this. Relationships were God's ideas, not men. Genesis 2.18 says this in the NLT. This is in, the, this is in creation. Then God said, everybody say God said. God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Who said it? Adam didn't say it. Because here's the truth. If it was left up to Adam, he thought he was good. You hear preacher, oh, he's naming all the animals and here comes Simba and Nala. They're like, oh, look at Simba and Nala. I'm gonna name you a lion. Why can't I have me a Nala? Everybody's got a Nala except me. Go woe with me. Can you give me somebody, God, please? No, no. He was walking in kingdom authority. He understood in the spirit realm, if I got God, I'm good. But God said, no, no, no. In the spirit realm, that's true. But if you're gonna operate here on this earth, if you knew the big picture, what I'm about to set into motion, you would understand you can't function here on this earth in your authority by yourself. It is not good for you to be alone. The wisest man to ever live, Solomon, said this in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. He says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Listen to this. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Are y'all hearing me? If someone falls alone, is in real trouble. 
Likewise, two people lying close together can't keep each other warm, but how can one warm alone? When I hear this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't help it, but every time I read this, I see that lady going, I'm falling and I can't get up. Huh? Life alert. Send me a donation, life alert. Text any amount to 84321. But, but if she didn't have that little necklace, she's in trouble. Let me tell you something. I don't care how big and bad you are. I don't care how many scriptures you can quote. I don't care how many devils you've cast out. If you're breathing and you're human, there's gonna come a time in your life you're gonna fall. Huh? I'm not calling you a sinner. I'm calling you a saint of God, but I'm calling you a human being. You are not perfect even though you're forgiven. And I'm gonna tell you, if you fall, you need somebody in your life to pick you up. Go ahead and clap for Jesus. How can you catch someone if you're, if you're not there? Another reason we need to come together is spiritual warfare. I'm, I'm close. I'm, I'm going fast. Close number one, 1120. Come together right now over me. I'm sorry, it just came out of me. Sometimes it happens. I'm a child of the 80s. Now watch this. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Deuteronomy 32.30 says this. One can chase a thousand Two could put 10,000 to flight. That don't make sense, does it? Two is not two times more powerful. Two is 10 times more powerful. When God brings us together in his name, remember in his name, not just being together, don't do it. In his name, when we come together in his name, something supernatural happens and the faith, your faith, is, is explodes because you are now connected to the faith of others. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. Y'all ain't hear me. Have you ever just barely been making it, just really wanting to quit and give up, but somehow you made a way to get to the house of God. You got to Solid Rock Church. You didn't want to be here. It took every fiber of your being to even walk through the doors, but you opened those doors and somehow walked through the doors and my God, the music was kicking. People were worshiping and all of a sudden you found yourself doing this. All of a sudden you found yourself doing this. All of a sudden you said, my God is able, my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ever ask her thing. I'm telling you, when you get together with the people of God, it will change you. You got to understand something. Your idea of togetherness is formed by voices that are speaking into your life. In fact, if you tell me your five closest friends, the five people that you, meet, that you trust the most that are speaking to your life, I can tell you your mindset. I can tell you your level of anxiety because misery loves company. Are you hearing me? 
How many of those, your little prayer warrior friends that you've been praying for and seeking in the midnight hour with for God to do a miracle, they'll pray with you as long as all of y'all need a miracle. But when you finally get your miracle and you're trying to go back and tell them they're still praying for the miracle, your prayer warriors will disown you. They will be jealous of you. They'll wonder why in the world you got a new house when they were tithing longer than you. They, they'll start judging your blessings. <laughs> you better make sure that you got the right people speaking into your life. Huh? You ain't at some church that preacher gonna preach 40 minutes. You do know where you're at, right? I'll get you out of here by 12. I want you to think about something. Selah. Huh? Somebody say this with me. I got I gotta this sometimes preachers just gotta hear this. Uh, just to help me. Say, say, preacher. preacher. We love you. We love Pastor. Pastor. Go ahead and say it. Ahead, say it. I, might like it I might not like it, but I know I need it. Okay, since you said it, since you told me to. Here it goes. Think about this. Every place you go now. You are separated. There are barriers. There are shower curtains. There are plexiglass. There are markers on the floor. They tell you where to go in. They tell you where to go out. In fact, you can only go in one direction in some of the aisles. And if you miss something, you're trying to be good. You're going in the right direction. You forgot your cookies and you turn around on the same aisle that's only 10, 15 feet from the cookies. Somebody going, I, I hate it because I hate this thing for calling people Karens because if your name is Karen, you really hate it. But I just got to go with the culture. Some Karen is what they'd say. Some Karen's going to be, what are you doing? Can't you read the arrows? I just want to get my cookies. I, I was already going that direction. Could I just get my cookies? You go around and you come back and get your cookies. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Huh? Tell me which, which part you're talking about. Oh, yeah, they're talking to you in the parking lot now. You pull up in parking lots now, and they got speakers out there in Spanish and in English saying, welcome to Lowe's, welcome to so-and-so. Please understand before you go in, you must do this, 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 and this. If you don't do this, this, and this, have a great day, don't come in. Something like that. I probably added that. But watch this. Watch this. What is, listen, listen, I'm almost through, listen. What is the significance of the marks on the floor? What is the distance between those marks? Six feet. Part one of my series is called Six Feet. An interesting thing hit me this week. First of all, six is the number of man. On the sixth day, God created man. Of course, not going into eschatology, end times teaching, but we know the number of the beast, the Antichrist, is going to be 666. Man came from dust on the sixth day. When a man dies, the Bible clearly said, I taught you in the snake bitten series, that from dust we came and dust shall we return. So the dust and the dirt is dug open and man goes back to the dirt, of course decays into dirt, but how deep does he go in the dirt? Six feet. Six men or women hold the casket 
Are y'all hearing me? Six people carry your body to a hole that's six feet deep. Oh, y'all. Now, the average height, I looked this up, of a man is actually 5'10". But that's pretty close to six feet. You could pretty much round it up. I'm five foot, and I've always, I've always, I've always said this because I always took pride in it. I always wanted to call myself six feet. I'm at least six foot. Especially when I was playing football, I'd somehow become six one. But I've never been six one in my life. But, but I've always said I'm six feet, whatever. But I'm really 5'11", sometimes 5'11 and a half, depending on who's, who's checking. So I just go ahead and round it up that I'm six feet. Okay. Preacher math, y'all. Now, let me go back to something. You got to get this. Is that not interesting, though? Six feet, six is number of men. Six men carry your body to a hole that's six feet deep and put you back into the dirt of which you came from. Now, remember, God said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it is not good that man should be alone. I'm going to show you something that's going to blow your mind. Y'all know I love to study the Hebrew and the Greek. And I'll show you some of the words. When I begin to look at some of these words, I, I was shocked, Bishop, when I found this out. When he said, it is not good for man to be, say it loud, alone. It is literally spelled B-A-D. Bod. Or what we would say, Bad. So literally, the original Hebrew word is our English equivalent of the word bad. So God says to us today, it is bad to be alone. Not the word where he says it is not good. The word alone is the word bad. And I, every time I say that, I can't think of anything other than Michael Jackson. I'm sorry. He's in my head right now. He's bad. He's sorry. It just, I, my mind goes crazy up here. The definition of the word bod or bad is a branch without a tree. A branch without a tree. Oh, you're so proud that you're an oak branch. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, you can't tell me I'm not a Christian. Look at me, I'm an oak branch out here. Well, you might be living for a while. If I go out and cut a branch off an oak tree and it falls to the ground, it still looks alive. It may look alive by the end of the day, but depending on the summer heat of Alabama, even by the end of the day, it starts withering. But you come back and look at that tree limb that was alive and looked like it was alive, a few days later, it don't look alive anymore because it has separated itself from the body that was feeding it. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting this morning. Oh, I'm preaching better than you shouting this morning. He goes on to say, when he creates Eve out of a rib and brings her uh, to him and presents him to him, and Larry Ragland's unauthorized translation says that when he, when he saw her, he said, Lord, yabba dabba do, you done good. No, he probably didn't say that, but something like that. He was like, whoa, whoa, man, I'll call you woman. 
No, I'm sorry. You'll get that one at 2 o'clock in the morning. But now watch what he says. He goes on to say, this is my last point. He says it's not good for man to be alone. He creates Eve, and then he automatically says something that if, if you don't really look at it, it almost sounds contradictory. He says, I don't want you to separate. I don't want you to be a people that's driven by separation. I want you to be a people that's driven by relationship. But watch what happens. Adam said in verse 23, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, we say this in weddings, preachers do, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become what? One One flesh. The only time that God in creation tells man to separate from someone is when he immediately is telling him to cling to the one that will make them whole. See, your parents, as much as you love them, they represent who you were born, who you used to be. But I'm gonna tell you something, even in the creation of man and woman, God is teaching us the salvation of man because when you are born again, praise God, ha, the DNA of your mama and daddy is replaced with the DNA of you being grafted into the bride of Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. You become grafted into the body of Christ. You shall leave your earthly father and mother and cleave unto the body of Christ. That's why God hates divorce. I'm not coming against people that's been divorced. The reason he hates it is because it's a separation. This, I wish I had another hour. Can you believe it's only 11.30? Oh, that's right, I still got to do announcements and offer, so I ain't got really fully 27 minutes. Some of of y'all need to say this just to cleanse yourself. Say this. This virus virus is straight demonic. demonic. You need to sometimes just be able to be reminded of what you're dealing with. It's demonic. Sickness is demonic, period. But there there is a spiritual aspect tied to this virus. Can I get an amen? So they've established... Six feet as the safe social distance. This is what they said. This is because their science has declared that that's how far it takes for the common droplets, seen and unseen, that come out of their mouth, your mouth to fall to the ground. Well, one thing is those scientists have never measured my spit on a Sunday morning because I got news for you. That is not enough when I'm preaching. All right, since you raised your hand, come up here. I need a volunteer. Come here, James Michael. Come here, come here, come here, come here. All right, Don, you, while you're, since you're laughing, come up here. You're laughing at him, so now you come up here. Now watch this. Watch this. Y'all spread out. Spread out. Socially distance yourself. Don't get together. You don't have a mask on. They're watching us on camera. Make sure you're socially distanced. I want to show you something. Watch this. I'm not going to spit on you. Don't do anything to me either, okay? James, I'm, I'm talking to you, James Michael. All right, JM, come and stand at, at my head. 
just stand at my head. You stand at my feet. Are y'all both there? Yeah. All right, don't move. I'm going to illustrate something to you. Don't move. The distance that has been calculated that we are to separate ourselves is the same distance that represents man's death. Number of man, six feet. We will die and go six feet beneath us. Now we are separated and probably for some people, let's just be honest with you, for some people from now on, their mindset has changed. Now from now on, they're going to do everything they can because there's other viruses coming. There's other viruses coming, y'all. You got to understand that. The flu's coming. It comes every year. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, right? So people's going to say, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm just changing my mindset. This is the new norm. Now, what's this? Almost exactly. And it's only because they, were not, they didn't want to actually hit my head and hit my feet. But if they came up against my feet and all the way up against my head, I'd be touching them both in the chest. Because the reality is this, I know most of you know this, your height is equal from, from finger to finger, the width of your span, which in these hands lies so much of the commands of God. They lay hands upon the sick. They hug somebody when they're, when they're, when they're hurting. They pat somebody on the back to tell them good job. When you're being intimate with someone that you love, you hold their head and pull them to you and kiss them. You hold your children. Are you hearing me? You lay hands upon the sick. You, you bless people. You give out food. You feed the hungry. At the gate called Beautiful, Acts chapter 3, give me some money, holding it in his hand, expecting everyone else to reach in their pocket and throw some change in there from hand to hand. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. But he doesn't end there. He reaches down with his hand and he grabs him by the arm and he pulls him up in the name of Jesus. So, so our spoken word is powerful, but it is tied to the use of our hands. But our hands are being tied behind our back. We say things like, Lord, let me be the hands and feet of Jesus. But the devil is saying, you're gonna have to stretch your hands toward a screen and you're gonna have to keep your feet in your living room. I hear pastors saying this and don't, don't take, twist me the, the wrong way I'm, and I, I promise you I'm closing, but listen to this. They say, I'm reaching more people now than I've ever reached in my life. I got people, and we, we're the same way. We got people that faithfully watch us from California, Indiana, Florida. Every single week, they watch us. Many of them are giving. Many of them have, they can't find a local church yet, and we're praying that you can in your city, but they've made Solid Rock their own life. We thank God for that. But that can't replace the steps of a good man or order of the Lord. Huh? Huh? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, listen. 
But if, they, if you're going to walk in Psalm 23, you're going to have to walk in Psalm 23. Be cautious, as Bishop said. Don't be in fear. Be smart. Don't be stupid. Don't put yourself in an environment that's going to just cause you to get sick. But if God says and puts you in a situation where it might be a little comfortable for your flesh, don't run from it. Just, just, just embrace it and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm covered. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. We got people now that they'll say, they'll come up to you because they know that you're a child of God. And they'll say, will you, will you just pray for me? Will you just pray for me? And, and, and they're wanting you to put your hands on them and pray. But now we're afraid. We're afraid to even do this. We are separated exactly with one person. There is one man missing in the middle. We are the body of Christ. Now listen, when you remove me from these two, you've removed the only example of Jesus between them. Six feet. Six feet this way. Six feet that way. But what I want you to remember is this. What the world don't realize, they're thinking just like that devil so stupid when he struck the, the heel of Jesus and drove him the nails through his hands and thought I finished him off. He didn't realize he was finishing himself off. Watch this. While they're trying to drive fear in the church by putting six feet this way to make us fear death of what's going to happen with us when we go six feet this way, to the true believers, what they don't realize is when you draw a line this way and then you draw a line this way. Come on now. Hey! Y'all ain't hearing me. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the line and the burdens of my sins were rolled away. Come on, somebody, get up on your feet and praise the Lord for the cross. At the cross, he said, it is finished. He is enough. He is bigger than a pandemic. He is bigger than chaos. Thank you, guys. Remain standing. Come on, let's lift up our hands, a sign of surrender. Our hands, remember, hands. Look how powerful they are. Hands. Raise them up as children of God. Say this with me. Jesus, we believe you died on the cross for my sins. But not just for my sins. But so that I could walk as your child. So I'm asking you, Lord. Come on, and if it's just you, man, you need to pray as loud as you've ever prayed anything in your life. The whole church is going to help you. But if you got sin in your life, this is your moment to come clean. Everybody help them right now. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I confess you and you alone as my Savior. In Jesus' name. Remain standing for just a moment. Listen, let me tell you something so powerful about these hands. Hands of the children of God have changed the world. Hands have built cathedrals. 
But more than that, hands of the children of God created hospitals. It was the church that created hospitals. It was the church that created universities. The very things that are trying to be turned against us were all created in their infant stages by the compassion of the hands of children of God. But the Bible says, lift up holy hands in his sanctuary. What? Don't take that for granted. Oh, what's so big a deal about this? You always thought, too, that you'd be able to sing freely, too, didn't you? Watch this. Don't take this blessing for granted. Can we just for three seconds appreciate that we live in a country and we still and we serve a God that has given us freedom to raise our hands? Let's raise our hands. Come on. Wave them before the Lord right now. Give him praise, y'all. Just give him praise. All over this house, just give him. Head up a shot. Come on, just out of your belly shall flow a river of living water. These are your palm branches, y'all. Wave those palm branches. Wave those palm branches. Now put them down. Now watch this. The Bible tells you to do something else with your hands. And, and this, is, this is why the devil hates it so much because he's not flesh. He can't do this. But this is a sign of victory. This is a sign of victory. Clap your hands, all you people. Come on. Come on, clap your hands. Now watch this. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm through, watch this. Shh, hang on, shh, shh, hang on. This is powerful. By itself. Let me find somebody. Bob, start clapping your hands. Thank you. It's good. It's good. Hutch, start clapping your hands. Okay, good. That sounded awesome, right? Watch how different it sounds when we all clap. Do it. Stop. Shane. Yell to the top of your lungs. Hallelujah! See, I knew he'd do it. He's from Walker County. <laughs> Miss Ruby, shout! Woo! Oh, yeah, that's a Ruby shout right there. Now, watch what it sounds like when we all do it. On the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> now, I'm not saying... That makes it more better than the ones that just clap by their hands and yell by their hands. But let me tell you something. Demons tremble at the sound of us doing that together. That's unity. Don't accept anything less as the new normal. Give him praise right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. You're watching online right now. You know, in the name of Jesus, God can touch you right where you're at. If you prayed that prayer, you let us know. Every week we're seeing that. We're seeing people comment that they prayed the prayer of salvation. Let us know, YouTube or Facebook. We want to rejoice with you. We want to give God the glory for you being with us today. I'm going to ask you to be seated for just a moment. Have you been blessed today? Yeah. Oh, come on, give God a praise. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. 
the Lord has moved upon your heart to give today to Solid Rock folks. Of course, this is our time for tithing offering. You can give right there where you're seated. You can give. There's three, let's put it up on the screen. There's multiple ways that you can give. You can give at solidrockgive.com. You can give any amount, text any amount to 84321. Or they're going to bring the buckets up, and we give you the opportunity to bring, those bu- bring your offering up and drop them in the bucket. These are Hall of Fame ushers right here, man. I love you guys. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we just bless you right now. We bless you for what you've done. We bless you for who you are. We bless each and every one that would give today, that would feel compelled to be a part of what God, what you're doing in this house. Yes, God, you would bless each and every one as they give. And we just truly trust, whether it's giving online or giving in person, you see what they're giving, and you are not a man that you should lie. You will give back to them. Whatever we sow, we shall reap. God, we don't give to get. We give because we love you. We give because we believe in your idea called the local church and the Great Commission. But that's just the benefit of being your child. When we give to that vision, when we give to your idea, you're so blessed by our obedience that you promised us you would open up the windows of heaven, pour us out a blessing that there's not even room enough to receive. So we thank you for that today, God. In Jesus' name. We'll give a moment. If you want to bring your offering up, you can. And then we'll close with our video announcements. Yes, sir. Would you say something? Maybe maybe that was the Spirit of God telling me that you had a word or something. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank 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 you, Lord. You're giving online. We appreciate your giving. What's going on here? It. I, I know, I know. With Kendall, I, 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 I needed that word today. And you know what I've, I've been doing a lot of, and I've watched you, like I'll watch you uh, through the week or whatever, different preachers or whatever. But it's funny on Sunday mornings because I'm, I'm, I'm live. I'm, I'm normally either live, really live, or I'm watching myself of what I did. And today I found the impact of what I've been missing, you know, uh, for, for the, the atmosphere um, of everything. But I, as I was sitting there, the, the, the Spirit of the Lord really spoke to me and said, I want you to notice that there was only two moments in the Word of God, and you said leaders take notes. And I, so I was taking notes like crazy. I got three sermons out of what you preached today. But, uh, but, there's only two times whatever an attack, you can play soft, it ain't going to bother me. It is only two times whenever Satan came to literally disrupt the entire purpose of the kingdom. 
Not attack. Disrupt. He was successful at the first time. Isn't it funny that he didn't show up in the garden in the cool of the day? Wow. Wow. Say it. Woo. I mean, if you all big and bad. I mean, if, you, if, if, if you're going to try to overthrow him in heaven, why didn't you show up in the cool of the day and say, God, you give your platform and then I'll give mine and let's see who Adam and Eve will follow. He didn't even show up when Adam and Eve were having dinner together. He showed up when one was isolated and alone. That's when he showed up. And listen to me. He totally derailed the entire purpose of man out of isolation. And then he found out because of he doesn't know he doesn't have all knowledge the enemy Satan is not omnipresent you hear me so there's only one God that's omnipresent I don't mean to hold you from your lunch but there's only one God that's omnipresent and he's omniscient he knows all things the only time Satan starts plotting is when something is said when he hears something, that's when he starts strategizing. Are you here? Watch. The only reason he strategized toward Adam and Eve, he didn't care about Adam and Eve. It's whenever he heard God say, let us make them like us. Satan goes, oh, I got to go mess this up. And then watch. Luke chapter 3. The Bible says, John baptizes Jesus. You do not see any attack on Jesus for 30 years. You don't see an attack on him whenever he was 17 and he got in a car wreck. Well, that's the devil trying to stop our kids' destiny. You don't see him at 22 getting AIDS and then having to get healed. Well, that's the devil just... He never shows up in Jesus' life until he's 30. Why? Because a voice from heaven descended like a dove and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Watch. He messed it up in the garden because he waited and found Eve isolated and alone. And then when he heard, this is my son, he knew God had to sacrifice that boy to fix what he had done in the garden. The only second time Lucifer ever shows up, the first time was to mess up the purpose of man, but the second time was to mess up the redemption of him. And he showed up in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4 when Jesus was alone
every attempt to isolate us is a satanic attempt to stop what God has called us to do. Now watch. Jesus had to decide who he would listen to. You hear me? So watch this. Satan says, hey, if you are the son of God, why don't you do this, 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 and this, and this? And finally, Jesus said these words. He said, Satan, it is, it is written. Satan, it is written. But then the third time, go read Luke chapter four. Satan, it is said. He went from just telling the devil what was in the Bible to saying something. Now watch. And the Bible says in Luke chapter four, after he said, I was led there to be tested. Same chapter four. Go look at verse 18. The Bible says Jesus goes the enemy tried to defeat him in isolation. Jesus goes to the church. It's the first place he goes. Opens the book and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach to people and to anoint people, set people free. He refused to be isolated. And when you were preaching, yeah, I'm a branch, but there better be a vine. There better be a vine. And you listen to me carefully. When you were talking, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And the Spirit of the Lord said, listen to what you, what you just said. You said, well, you said, Bishop, you know, there's the internet. There's the internet. And let me tell you something. You know what I realized on that front row? In this whole room, do you know the attack is not threatening me and you? Today I came all the way to Birmingham for God to speak to me. I wouldn't have got this in Orlando. Do you realize this attack is not going to hurt me and you? It's not designed to hurt me and you. The seat head of the CDC looked me in the eye and he said, I don't know why you are complaining. Me, Clint Brown. He said, Bishop Brown, you ought to be the last one in this room complaining. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I watched a video of you on social media yesterday of you sitting at your piano and you already have over 43,000 views in two days. What are you complaining about? He said, when's the last time you preached to 42,000 people? The threat is not us. The threat is for you. Oh, y'all don't want to aim it. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Watch, let me tell you something. I'm going to always be able to preach somewhere. Why? 
heaven, this is where I got, where I, not, not fearful, but very, 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 very woke up about what to pray for. What did the Bible say? Don't worry about it, Bishop. Take it to social media. You're making, you have more of an impact on social media than you do with the gathering. You reach more people with your message than you do with the gathering. You, you have more effect from social media than the gathering. Well, then why didn't you tell the protesters that? Why don't you tell Black Lives Matter that? I mean, if we can make more of an impact on social media than we can publicly, then why didn't we send them home? Y'all don't want to amen me. We tell preachers, go get in your, in your living room and you can impact more people with your message than you do if you went, to, went public. Well, go tell, go tell everybody that stood with megaphones and microphones in the heat, downtown Orlando, 6,000 people gathering. They didn't tell them, hey, you'll make way more impact if you're on social media than you will if you're marching. Three amens and three claps. You know why? You know why? You know why? Because some people think I'm against the reason for the protest. No, no, no. I'm not against the reason for the protest, but I am saying if the if if the if if, if the strategy is more powerful on social media, why is it in the street? Hear me and hear me where? Well. I will not be the one and I am not the one threatened by this. The church is, listen to me, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain. Never said the church would. Never said the church would. Do you know what we're fighting for? We're not fighting because, well, you're just afraid. You're just afraid of having a building. Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Do you know that my building costs me $36,000 a month to have? Hey, if I can do it financially and not have a building and get in front of a camera the rest of my life, it ain't hurting me. There is. The building's not for the pastor. The building's for the people. I'm not fighting so I can keep a building. Yeah, I'm out there fighting. I want that mortgage stress. Uh, you think you're going to take my mortgage and my utility stress from me? Oh, bind you, Satan. I need a praise leader. Are you kidding I'll sit at my piano and get 50,000 views if I sing Amazing Grace and sing a bunch of old songs I sang when I was a little kid. I don't need no worship leader. I'm not fighting because I'm going to be deleted. I'm fighting to keep this from being deleted. 
And I, I, I didn't come to preach or, or add to your message. But I will tell you something that you need to add to that message. That'll blow everybody's mind. I've been to Israel five times. I have, listen to me, I have met a shepherd there that we went to visit on one of the trips with Dr. Summerall. That tells you how long ago it was. For 16 years, he was my friend. Not on the trips. I mean, we became friends. Brought him to one of my last Judah conferences at the convention center. I met him and he, he liked me because I sang in his big uh, pasture on a hill. Well, I stayed friends with him. So every time I went to Israel, I tried, every time I had a break, I, he would come meet me wherever I was and we would have lunch or whatever. And he started telling me stuff about he's a sheep herder. So they brought us that one time so he could tell us a little something about the sheep. You know, because we're all sheep. And so I, I got very interested in him. Well, he's given me so many Jewish cultural things. He passed away, but so many Jewish cultural things that they did and all this kind of stuff. And he told me many things, and I've got it all written down, what he told me through the years. But you want me to tell you one of the most powerful things he ever wrote, he ever told me? And you, when I was on that front row, you didn't even know you were illustrating it. You had that gentleman standing right here. You, you, you're, this is going to blow your mind. And then you had that gentleman standing right here. And then you stood up in the middle and talked about the cross. Do you know that they hung, them, hung thieves and, and criminals three at a time? They hung them three at a time. That wasn't the first time there was a crucifixion of three there that's how they that's how they did their their mass hangings uh, i mean crucifixions do you know that every person is six feet apart the cross to the right the cross to the left the cross in the middle six foot from each other from hand to hand but here is the key that shepherd showed us something. He said, we had to build a fence around our flock to keep our sheep. And he said, our fence, we, we built in sections of rocks. He said, but we didn't build gates. You know how you have a gate, you open and go, all right, come on in. I was stunned because when I went to his field that had, it was over, you know, a thousand years old. He took us to an original field where a flock was kept. Watch this. Come here. Where's those two men? Come here. Lay back down. I don't mean to take over, but I'm the bishop, so I do what I want. Now you go stand over there, and you stand where you were. Six feet. You with me? Come a little closer. Six feet, the average man. Six foot, right? Do you know 
that there was no gate? Well, get up. You mean no gate? Aren't the sheep vulnerable if there's no gate? You know what that old man told me? He said, no, 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 Mr. Brown. He said, the reason there was no gate is because if you were the shepherd, that's where you slept. He said, because if an enemy tried to get in to mess with the sheep, the shepherd had more value on the sheep than the sheep had on themselves. So he slept and put himself in harm's way so that the enemy could not devour the sheep. You listen to me. Shepherds are not at threat here. I will be seen today thousands of times on social media. I'm, my ministry's not at threat. My singing is not, not under attack. My, my, my face, my image is not under attack. And they're right. I've been seen by more people in the last six months than I have in the last six years. Y'all listen to me. I'm not the one under attack. That's why we're sleeping in the gate because it's the church that's under attack, not the shepherd that's under attack. It's the sheep that's in trouble, not the shepherd. Somebody say praise the Lord. And I'm going to say this to this church and then I'm going to sit down and my wife's going to tell me why you always got to say something when you go to church. No. I complain all the time. I said, I can't go visit nobody because they don't let me just sit there. But but it's on my own fault. I could have said no. You asked me to preach and I said no and here I am with my big mouth. But let me say this. Out of, you, you want me to tell you why I came to this church today? Well, you came because you and Pastor Larry, no, I've got, do you know how many pastor friends I have in America? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I'm on their, I'm on their social media platforms interviewing and doing Skypes and Zooms and all this stuff. I could have went to a thousand churches today, flew in. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't know some anyone, any pastor that loves the people more than he loves preaching to the people. And I thought to myself in Orlando, where could I go that I would get a word that's more about me than about how good they can preach that's why I didn't tell you I was coming because I didn't want you to go in the archive and pull out your best sermon that's why I texted you yesterday and said what you preaching And he said, I'm starting a series. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. I wanted it raw and live. And I'm going to tell you something. I have got a word on that front row. Thank you so much. And, and the devil can just go to hell. Ain't no social distance here, brother. Because watch this. 
how am I supposed to lay hands on somebody? Listen to me. Lay hands on somebody and curse a disease while wearing rubber gloves to save myself from what I say I have authority over. I ain't letting the devil lie to me or anybody else. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. If you love this pastor, you're praying for this pastor, and you're supporting this pastor, jump on your feet and give God praise for him.